The lesson that we'll focus on for our fourth midweek Lenten service is Isaiah 12, verses 1 to 6. In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord, although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. In that day you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, my brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a 2,000-year-old story of a Chinese farmer. The farmer buys a horse. The horse runs away. That's bad news, his neighbor says. The farmer says, good news, bad news. Who can say? Soon the horse returns, bringing another horse with her. Good news, but when the father's son tries riding the new horse, he falls and breaks his leg. That's bad news, his neighbor says. Good news, bad news, who can say? And the emperor enlists all young and able-bodied men to fight in his war. The father's son is spared from having to go because he has a broken leg. Seems like good news. Haven't you been there? Haven't you encountered a significant life change, change of job, end of a relationship, and at first it seems like bad news? Later on, you find out that the company that fired you was going bankrupt anyway. You learn that the person who walked out on you was getting in the way of you being yourself. As life goes on, you learn not to mourn certain losses too quickly. But but don't you also learn not to celebrate too quickly either? You're thankful you haven't gotten hit by allergies too badly this spring, knock on wood. Your kids are getting decent grades at school, looking to end the year on a positive note, knock on wood. We feel like we're not allowed to celebrate even small victories in life because who knows how fleeting they are. We are all familiar with that feeling of thinking positively and optimistically, but only because we are forgetting what dangers or stressors are likely to slip through the cracks. The Israelites were beset by bad news. They had, in essence, gotten a divine timeout. They failed to heed the the pleas of the prophets to repent of their sins and their wicked ways. Now they were living out a punishment they knew they deserved, as they were no longer allowed to live in their homeland, but serve a foreign nation as exiled captives. That's bad news, you might say. Yes, yes it is, an Israelite would reply. There simply did not seem to be very much good news anywhere. There did not seem to be a silver lining or something to hope for. This exile did not seem to be serving any purpose other than to show Israel how wicked and sinful they had been and give them just a snapshot of what rejecting God will get you. Isn't that what you have observed in your own life? There seems to be very little good news that actually lasts. Remember when your boss gave you a Christmas bonus, even though it made you happy in the moment? You likely have never thought about it since then. Remember how excited and happy you were to go to your first homecoming dance with your date? What's that? You don't? 
That's right. We know that in a moment we can think that, that the joy that we're feeling will last forever is the most important. A year later, will you remember your joy, though? Life tosses you around. There seems to be very little good news that actually lasts. And what is worse, like the Israelites sitting in exile, the ominous fear slips through the cracks, the fear of getting what our sins truly deserve. The fear lurks in the corners of our minds that the fanciful ways we have devised to convince ourselves that we're not that bad are not going to stand to much scrutiny. The fear that the ridiculous actions of this or that celebrity on the internet might actually reflect an ugly side that all humanity shares, even and especially me. The bad news that even the good little events that spark joy here and there are far above what I know I deserve for what I've done. Do you know where the practice of knocking on wood comes from? One theory is that it comes from the belief that spirits live in the wood of trees in the forest. Knocking on them wakes them up and invokes them to bless or protect you. It's a superstitious thing we do, sometimes out of habit. A way of saying, I feel the urge to celebrate this event in my life, but I don't want to be caught celebrating too soon. Let's look for something better than superstition to make celebration okay. God himself will give you a reason to celebrate. Through Isaiah, God is giving you permission to hang on to your joy because you find joy in him. Because God alone transforms bad news into good news. The Israelites knew why they deserved to be in exile. We know that we cannot escape our own sins. There has to be punishment, a punishment more severe even than being exiled from your home. The punishment sin deserves for us is for us to shed blood, lose our lives, and be sentenced to hell. That's bad news. But here's the amazing good news, the reason to celebrate. That punishment has already been dealt. Not forgotten, not explained away. God did not excuse our sins by saying, oh, you were just hungry when you acted out. You needed a nap. Everybody gets worked up now and then or lets their guard down. So what? You're human. No, he doesn't tell us the lies we often tell ourselves. He took our ugly sins, disgusting and putrid as they are, and laid them as the burden on Jesus' back instead of our own back. Jesus carried our burdens and the bad news of our wicked sin all the way to the cross, and it was crucified with him. Your sin required atonement, restitution, and it has been made through Jesus Christ. You can celebrate that as long and as loud as you want, and don't you dare knock on wood. Say with Isaiah, I will praise you, Lord, although you are angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Whatever bad news you hear, you will never hear the death sentence your sins deserve. That has been erased, paid up in full. No suffering in this life will compare to the suffering Jesus took away from your future. Don't need to knock on wood. Don't need to hold out for the rug to be tugged away from under you. God is your salvation. Trust. Do not fear. If anyone, your self-doubt, your critics, Satan himself says that you don't have reason to be sure of your salvation, remember this fact. Your salvation comes from the Lord. There is not a supply chain issue with the Lord's love. There is no means of production pitfall for the means of grace. God is your strength and your defense, which means you'll always have it. Nothing can shake it. With joy, you will draw water from the well of salvation, because that well will never dry up. 
It is bottomless. You can come to that well and word and sacrament as often as you need it. Don't let yourself get dehydrated. Don't fear that God will run out of salvation for you, or that he'll get sick of you, or that he'll be tired of you. You can afford to celebrate as loud and clear as you want, because God's salvation is good news that truly lasts. It's different from the joy of a high school dance. It's different even from a new horse randomly riding onto your property for you. These serendipitous moments can be nice, but God is a lot more than nice. He's everything. He's the reason you aren't going to hell. He's the reason you can face whatever life throws at you. He's the reason you can admit when you've done wrong. He's the reason you are safe and secure. His goodness, his glory, these are things worth sharing. These are things worth celebrating. There are some victories or some celebrations you might feel bashful about celebrating publicly. Someone completes a thousand-piece puzzle and maybe... They post about it online to celebrate, but as they do so, they kind of feel awkward, like they're promoting themselves too much. Maybe you've been working hard at going to bed on time and waking up a little early to start your day off right. You're on your fourth or fifth day of successfully implementing your new personal schedule, and it makes you happy. But who are you going to tell? These two examples are pretty personal things. They benefit the person that did them, not really anyone else might be proud of your friend who's making lifestyle changes in a positive direction, but for the most part, they don't really benefit you. But here God is, your Savior, your salvation, your reason to celebrate, and your personal relationship with God has everything to do with someone else. Since you know that God loves your brother, your sister-in-law, your acquaintance at work, your grandchild, just like he loves you, you have a good reason for them to celebrate too. I love the picture Isaiah uses of singing and shouting, giving praise to God and proclaiming his name. The simplest and most apparent way we see this is in the worship service. Because of our subdued cultural nature, you won't see us shouting much in the service. We'll stick to singing and proclaiming the hymns and the responses. But when was the last time you were so happy about something you shouted about it? Was it when your team won the big game? Was it when you found when someone bought you a magnificent gift you didn't expect? Did you, did a joke someone tell catch you off guard and you found yourself laughing very loudly? God is so good to us, brothers and sisters. Let's shout about it. No, you don't have to walk up and down the street accosting strangers with your raised voice. But doesn't a shout give people no chance, but, but no choice, but to pay attention? Doesn't a shout cause someone to startle, stop what they're doing and wonder, where did that come from? How can your life be a shout of joy to the Lord? How can your conduct be a loud megaphone of your celebration of God's goodness to you, to the world, whether people are watching or not? How can you make known among the nations what God has done for you? Because you know it has everything to do with what he's done for them as well. If we allow ourselves to celebrate without knocking on wood, If we are clear on what we're celebrating, God's goodness and not our own, clear that we're not promoting ourselves, our own victories, or the lucky things that have happened to us, but the certainty and sure defense of the salvation of our God, the well of his love that never dries up, what does that look like? What does that look like for the way our church organizes events? What does that look like for the way we communicate with one another? What does that look like 
in our willingness to serve? What does that look like in our efforts to reach our neighbor who doesn't yet know about God's salvation? Picture a people who unapologetically and unflinchingly live lives that are shouts of joy and praise to the God who saved them. That's you. You show the world what that looks like. Amen.